The scripture reading today is Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in this age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And God bless the reading of his word. So this scripture today, Jesus and the rich man, This text is really about how Jesus ruins your life, basically. This is about how Jesus just ruins all of your plans, takes everything you were planning on doing, and just ruins your life. Just messes it up. And I know you're wondering, oh, Pastor Curtis, surely surely this is just one of those stories where, you know, it's specific to this guy. Jesus doesn't really want me to sell all of my stuff and give it to the poor. It's some kind of metaphor. I'm sure, or allegory about, about life. I would say two things about that. One is, yes, Jesus wants you to sell all of your stuff and give it to the poor and follow him. And if you can't do that, he at least wants you to feel bad about it. So, <laughs> which, which is kind of what this rich man did. But then I, then I thought, well, to be honest, if it were only that easy, right? If what Jesus asked of us was only that easy, just sell everything and give it to the poor and, and you know, call it call it good, right? If it was only so simple. But no, Jesus has some other stuff that's a lot more complicated, a lot deeper, and basically, it's going to ruin your life. It's going to mess everything up. Here's this poor young man. Poor, and all he wanted, all he wanted was a little affirmation. You know what he was looking for. He was looking for Jesus to go, oh man, you got it good. Don't worry about it. You're doing just fine. 
He comes up to Jesus. He gets down on his knees. And I want to point out that Jesus had just, just got done telling everybody, whoever doesn't come to me or come to the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. He just said, you've got to come as a little child. So here comes this rich guy, and he kneels before Jesus, and, Jesus, and he says to Jesus, what do I have to do to get eternal life? Jesus just said, <laughs> come as a little child, and, and, and what do I have to do? Why are you looking for something to do? You know, Jesus is a little indignant with him in the first place because he says he, you know, he calls him good. He calls him, you know, he tries to gild the lily a little bit. Hey there, you are such a great teacher. I want to ask you something. And Jesus is not having any of it. What do you mean by calling me good? What do you want? What is it you're getting at? What do you, you know, let's cut to the chase. What are you really after? And he says, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, you know what to do. Why are you even talking to me about this? You already know. You already got this wrapped up. And he lists off numbers 5 through 9 of the great 10, the top 10 things you got to do. <laughs> right? Those commandments that really have to do with how we're interacting with people. And this guy says, oh, I've, I've done that. I've taken care of that. And I think Jesus is probably a little in, incredulous at this point. He kind of, I, I, wonder, I wonder if he thought, well, you, you know, who has the nerve to say they have kept all the commandments their entire lives? Who really has that kind of chutzpah? This guy, apparently. And so he says, well, you know what? Well, there's one thing you lack. And there's one thing you lack. That sell all your possessions, give it away to the poor, and come follow me. And you will store up for yourself treasure in heaven. And the funny thing is, Jesus isn't talking to him about the question he asked. He wanted to know, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And he wasn't happy with Jesus' answer about that. And so Jesus says, well, here's what you got to do to enter. Because he says in a minute, he says, how hard it is for the rich to enter, not eternal life, but the kingdom of God. And for us, we kind of equate those two, but really Jesus means something different when he says the kingdom of God. What Jesus means when he says the kingdom of God is the world we live in now, is the world we're living in now. As we interact with each other and we have all this stuff, the way the world would be if God were in charge. If God ran the world, we would call it, Jesus calls that the kingdom of God. If God were in charge and not Caesar, or if God were in charge and not our president, or if God were in charge and not whoever you want to fill in, some corp- corporation out there, that's how the world would be, and Jesus calls that the kingdom of God. He's not ta- Jesus isn't talking about going to heaven or eternal life. So just like Jesus does, Jesus kind of turned the whole conversation around. You want to ask me, you want to know what... What do you have to do? Where's the checklist I have to fill in to inherit eternal life? Jesus basically says, you know what? I don't even care about that question. I don't even want to talk about that question. I want to talk about what do you have to do now to live into the kingdom of God? What Jesus says is basically, you have to do everything. You have to give up everything. 
you have to be, you have to really want it. And Jesus told him what he needed to do to really live into that. He didn't like the answer. So he went away sad. (laughs) So again, Jesus wants us to give away everything and probably a long list of other things. And when we can't do that, Jesus at least wants us to be sad about it. (laughs) Because I guarantee you, here's the thing. This is the way Jesus works. He's a little underhanded in this, right? He's a little little passive aggressive. Because this is how it works. Jesus asks you to do something. Jesus says, you know what? You are going to be so much happier if you just do this thing. If you just, if you just let go of this thing that is nagging at you, that is, that is really getting between you and, doing, and being who I created you to be. Here's this thing that I need you to do or get rid of or embrace or whatever it is. Maybe, you know, here, if you would just stop drinking and, and you would straighten out your family and you would be a lot better and the world would be a better place if you would just stop that. And when you, and here's what Jesus does. And this rich young man, he said, wow, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Although I will say, I did read one commentator that said, maybe he did. Maybe he went away and sold everything and followed Jesus and that's why he's sad. <laughs> like maybe he's like oh really okay i will but i'm really not happy about it and he said because i'm not sure i would be all that excited if jesus said that to me like sell everything get rid of all your clothes your suits and all that get rid of that and uh wear these shorts you know i'd be like oh jeez, i will but i'm not happy about it <laughs> and i wonder if so, so one commentator kind of said that but i think this is what happens he walks away And he's sad. And every time he spends a buck, every time he buys something new, every time he pays for something, every time he goes and buys a meal, every time he buys a new car, every time he goes out and buys new clothes, he is going to hear the voice of Jesus in his ear going, you just sell everything and come follow me. You would be a lot better off. Every time he's paying bills, every time he's fixing the sink in the house because it's broken again, every time, thinking to himself, I should have just sold everything. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> thinking, Jesus ruined my life. <laughs> Jesus made it so that if I'm not doing what Jesus called me to do, going to nag at me be something that hangs over me and it's going to be something that calls to me. Now, I don't know whatever happened to this guy. Jesus leaves these stories open-ended on purpose. A, so I have something to preach about and B, so that we can wrestle with this stuff a little bit and wonder for ourselves. We get to write the ending. What happens to this guy? And we get to write the ending because Jesus is going to come to us every time and do whatever our equivalent of selling everything and following Jesus is. Whatever that is for you. And I don't know, maybe for some of you it is selling everything, giving it to the poor and following Jesus. But maybe, for, I haven't seen a lot of that, i got to say. <laughs> so either, either we're not listening or Jesus isn't asking us to do that. But it's something big. 
It's something big. It's something costly. It's something that if you don't do it, you're going to know sadness. You're going to know that voice of Jesus echoing back to you and say, of you to just, if you just do this, you just do this thing I'm asking you to do. Things would start to move in the right direction. Things would start to fall into place in ways they haven't fallen into place yet. Yes, I know this isn't part of your plan. Yes, I know you've got it all wrapped up in a nice little, in a nice little box. You got everything in there, in there's place, right? It's all lined up. Jesus does not like order. <laughs> Jesus likes disruption and chaos. Jesus likes to mess around with our lives. But it comes with a promise. It's not just, it's not just go out there and let me just keep you off balance the rest of your life. Not at all. The point of it all, or the, the, the direction Jesus is going, is to say what Jesus said to the disciples. Any, you know, we, and they were all concerned. They're like, wait a minute, if the rich people can't get into heaven, who, who can, right? Because you know, God is obviously blessing rich people. That's, that's the way it looked in that day, and sometimes I think that's the way we think about it today. Obviously, God is blessing these people. They seem to be doing pretty well. <laughs> uh, if they can't get into heaven, well, who can? And they were starting to panic. And they go, well, you know, we've given up everything and followed you. Jesus says, I know. And the rewards are great. Not only in heaven, but here and now. And I'm sure they looked around after a while, especially after, you know, all of it. They kind of went, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> but what Jesus was saying is the kingdom of God is realized in you. The blessings of that are yours to be had. And your abundance is going to be right there. Furthermore, instead of having that nagging voice of Jesus in your head saying, man, I wish you would just do what I've called you to do. I wish you would just follow my lead. I wish you would give all of that up and follow me. You wouldn't have that. What you would have is the joy of knowing God's calling. Is the joy of being a part of that kingdom of God. Work that God is doing in our midst and all around us, within us, around, out and about. Being a part of that, and there is nothing in the world, not even all the riches in the world, that matches that. That matches saying yes when God asks. I suppose if we were going to reflect on this, the real problem was the guy shouldn't have walked up and asked Jesus any questions in the first place. He should have just kept his mouth shut. (laughs) He'd have gone on his happy little way and be about his business. <laughs> and Jesus wouldn't have ever bothered with him. But he had to come up and ask. And yet, that's how we get there. Some of us don't even bother to ask. 
Some of us haven't dared to ask. We've been fearful, afraid of God's answer. And I'll tell you what, I've been in that category many times. There's been a lot of times I'm kind of like ducking God a little bit. I'm like, oh, maybe God won't notice that I'm here because I know God has something to say to me. And I don't want to ask because I know what the answer is. (laughs) I feel that way sometimes. But the blessings of the kingdom of God, not only for ourselves, but for the entire world around us, the blessings of the kingdom of God, the world being the way it would be if God were in charge, the blessings of all of that does not happen unless we are willing to say to God, what must I do? Not to inherit eternal life. That's taken care of. There is no do in that. Jesus isn't even interested in that question. There's nothing you should do to inherit eternal life. I've taken care of that, Jesus says. But if you want to live into the kingdom of God, let's have that conversation. If you want to realize the blessing of being in step with the Holy Spirit, as Paul calls it, of being in Christ, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and transforming the world together with all the rest of us. It begins with asking that question and allowing the answer to hang in your ear. And... Sometimes it takes a little sadness before you actually get up the gumption to do it. It begins with that question. So I invite us today to carefully go before God and ask that question. What must I do so that this world might experience? Let us pray. A loving and gracious God, I thank you so much that we can gather here and uh, that we eagerly look to you and we know that you're going to mess up our lives. You're going you're gonna to send us in crazy directions. and Sometimes we might walk away sad, wondering why, why did I even ask? That's too hard. But as you tell us in this text today, What is impossible for us is not at all impossible for you. May we live into that kind of faith and eagerly seek the answer to the the question we ask. What must I do about the kingdom of God? Christ we pray. Amen.